93.3 and AM 560. It is a full This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO and stream us on the 933 mobile app. Welcome back to KWTO, an hour down, hour to go. Hey, we've talked a lot in Missouri about drug marijuana legalization, but over on the West Coast, they're decriminalizing a lot more than just marijuana. They're decriminalizing plant based psychedelics joining us now on the Duke Niffer back to the show hi Elijah it's good to hear your voice and thanks again for having me on the show hey Luke first off a little bit before we kick off everything we've changed up the 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 function of the show we do a question of the day every day on the show the new rule is we ask the question today first we're going to throw you off your game question of the day today what is one movie you've watched in your life that has changed you? That you're like, I do something different because I watched this fictional movie. Huh. That is that is an interesting question. I guess I'm going to go with my favorite trilogy of all time, the Lord of the Rings movies. And they inspire me to uh, do more to fight against evil every day, I guess. That's, that's what just comes off the hip there. <laughs> I love it. You're, you're Aragon swinging the sword every day. Uh, well, that is right. a very honorable notion. Thank you. <laughs> Luke, first off, uh, you're from Colorado. You do work all around the country on drug policy. What's going on on the West Coast right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, the West Coast is just a free-for-all at this point. Um, th- what we are rapidly seeing is that uh, cities and communities all across the West Coast are allowing just drug use generally from marijuana to psychedelics to all other drugs like Oregon, where they decriminalized all drugs, fentanyl, you know, everything. Uh, and we're seeing that the consequences of the drug free for all is creating a dystopian world that nobody wants to live in. Um, when you have the mayor of Portland, who, you know, as recently as just three years ago, marched to defund the police and dismantle the you know system of law. Uh, now he's saying we need to recriminalize the public use of drugs in Portland. When that's happening, you know it's really a failure. Um, and so uh, I think what we're seeing is lax drug laws create crime. They create a lack of safety. Uh, when we have more people getting high on whatever the substance is, um, you have a lot more problems. And so I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. Um, and unfortunately, uh, you know, states like California, uh, which is advancing legislation now to legalize a whole bunch of psychedelic drugs, uh, are just continuing to push further into uh, that drug nightmare, which I think is just not sustainable. I, I think it's going to have to change. Yeah, you know, one of the things they focused on, particularly recently, is all about how it's it's plant based, it's natural. It's a, and there's some people, and I know people that that their argument or or their thought process, and these are good people, are like, well, listen, natural things, whatever is natural is okay. What's your <laughs> response to people that say that? Yeah, I mean, I'm just getting so sick of this, like, hyper-natural kind of, like, religion, like, anything that is nature is, is good. I mean, opioids come from plants, okay? So the, the term plant-based does not mean it's safe. Opioids come from plants. Uh, tobacco comes from plants. Um, poison ivy comes from plants. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, poison ivy is a good one. I, look, 
Yeah, I, it's just it's so frustrating that, you know, there's just kind of this like marketing scheme that really works in this country right now that basically if it's organic and plant based, it must be good. And it just defies basic logic and reason. And so, yeah, what we're seeing is, you know, the pro drug guys are out there pushing plant based medicines, a la psychedelic drugs and marijuana and everything else, um, you know, leaving out the obviously the important caveat that none of these drugs are being produced naturally now. They're, they're being, um, you know, put through chemical creations and run through labs and um, being spliced and genetically modified like marijuana is, for example. Um, so, you know, that, that's all being left out, obviously, but they're, they're calling it plant-based and we're supposed to think it's fine. And, and so, you know, as it relates to psychedelics particularly, and I know that there's been some discussion in Missouri around psychedelics, um, you know, big push on that this year. Uh, you know, let's not fall for that again. Um, psychedelic drugs, even magic mushrooms, for example, uh, magic mushrooms, yes, it grows out of the ground, but intensely mind-altering substance that, um, you know, can permanently uh, reroute the pathways in your brain. Um, there are people that have what's called per- persistent hallucinogenic disorder, which is something that no one is talking about, which essentially what that means is you can use magic mushrooms, uh, psilocybin, and then for the rest of your life or for multiple years of your life, have returning hallucinations. Uh, even if you don't use it again, you'll, you'll have hallucinations return to you. We don't really know why that is, but you could be driving and, and hallucinate. You could be, you know, going out to, you know, throughout your day and hallucinate. So that's a serious concern uh, uh, from that substance. And that's just one of the concerns. Um, we, we have uh, other drugs being legalized uh, in this psychedelics package in California, um, like uh, ayahuasca, which is what uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, swears by. And you know, has, has, he's like, he likes to do the whole dark thing for a few days. Yeah, he goes into like a dark cave, disappears, does ayahuasca and whatever other substances. And, and it, by the way, I, I think he's gone downhill in terms of his talent since he started talking about using these substances. But, you know, maybe that's another, he's a, maybe that's another discussion for another There's, uh, there's yeah. something very quirky, and I can't tell if I'm a Aaron Rodgers fan or if he's got a problem. He's just, he's so different than everybody else right now. Oh, he's very different. And, and remember, I mean, this is a guy who just, you know, s- several years ago, um, you know, behaved in a different manner, talked differently. Uh, now he just seems, uh, you know, frankly, in my opinion, he just seems kind of like your, your typical drug experimental guy. He kind of talks in a weird way now. He, he does these psychedelic conferences and his performance really hasn't been that good. So I, I guess, you know, he could prove me wrong this year with the Jets. Maybe, maybe he'll turn his performance back up, but it really seems like since he started going in dark caves and experimenting with plants and fungi, uh, he's kind of gone down his hill. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's interesting because as as much as there's conversations about, well, it's natural, it's from the ground, uh, that's one of the things I've figured out in the past couple of years is the idea of quote-unquote natural or from the ground is really a marketing scheme for almost a, a large factory version of whatever they're trying to produce. The groups that are pushing natural from the ground stuff is really is really a high yield value company that's trying to figure out a way to sell a product in marketplaces that it's not legal. That's correct. Yeah, that that's correct. And so it's it's a way of saying, hey, it's not that bad. It's harmless. It's it's natural. It's good for you. Um, and it, it gives them the ability to try to market and sell it, uh, you know, more widely. And so that's that's where the conversation starts. And, you know, and we could even just look at history, like with tobacco, you know, people were growing tobacco plants and crops thousands of years ago and, you know, smoking tobacco and 
there were no issues with cancer, et cetera. But once that got in the door into an industry, then the industry realized, okay, we can't mass produce this cheaply um, if we're going to keep it in the quote unquote state of nature. So we're going to start splicing it, start you know modifying it genetically, et cetera. And so then we had the invention of the cigarettes, um, you know, which is where they were able to mass produce this and push it out. And that's that's when we saw real dark changes happen. So it's kind of like get you know get the camel's nose under the tent with this nature talk, uh, and then start really commercially, chemically uh, altering it um, and, and selling it everywhere. Luke, tell us a little bit about your organization and what they do. Yeah, so my organization is called SAM, Smart Approaches to Marijuana. You can check us out, learnaboutsam.org. Um, we're the nation's top nonprofit organization advocate, advocating for a science and just common sense-based approach to marijuana laws. Um, we don't want to see marijuana legalized or commercialized, um, but we do think we should have, uh, you know, uh, more research on the, the medicinal value of it, et cetera. Uh, and then we have another organization we just started last year, um, which is called the Foundation for Drug Policy Solutions. And that website is gooddrugpolicy.org. And that organization works on psychedelics. It works on opioids. We're, we're working on all the other uh, drug issues um, and trying, again, to keep this from being becoming a drug free-for-all in our country. I mean, I just don't think San Francisco and Portland should be the model uh, for, for our drug laws across the country. I think we're seeing when we allow more drugs to be out there used and legalized, um, we start to see all the issues with quality of life, like homelessness, crime, et cetera. You know, and I think that's one thing. There's there's sort of a stigma or or this idea in politics, the, the quote-unquote libertarian view of like, hey, I just – Live and let live as long as, you know, you can do anything with your fist as long as it doesn't hit somebody else's face and therefore drugs should be legal. You're not really hurting anybody else. There's this idea that that's the panacea of politics and somehow that brings Republicans and Democrats together. And but some reason, the idea of this never actually comports to what gets done and wherever they've done this general or gross legalization we always end up having a ton of problems, and, and certainly I think anybody can look at the West Coast, Portland, Seattle, San Francisco. It, it's 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 a hellhole right now of a combination of homelessness and panhandling and open-air drug markets and opium dens, and it's not working out. And how is it that there's a view that gets sold that never actually comports to get to, to what gets done, but it keeps getting sold over and over again? Yeah, well, I think it's just based on this logical fallacy that you can make a bunch of decisions personally and it's not going to affect anybody else. It won't affect your family. It won't affect your friends. It won't affect the community around you. And I think it just, it, you know, it's intuitively, it sounds great until you see it in practice. And so uh, particularly with drugs, this is the case. Um, you know, when someone is using fentanyl, for example, or somebody is, you know, getting high on whatever other substance it is, uh, it immediately affects their family. Any, anyone who's grown up in a household where uh, somebody was, you know, addicted to alcohol or addicted to any other substance will will tell you that affected them. Uh, it, it it immediately affects uh, their coworkers and the people in their community because um, people who get high they'll uh, you know go out and drive. They will come to work high. They'll be absent from work. There'll be issues you know in the in the places and they're involved. Uh, and then what you have is when someone develops an addiction to any of these substances, it immediately begins to ruin their life. Um, they begin to make decisions that they wouldn't make normally in order to feed that addiction. Um, when they start running out of money, they steal from relatives. 
Then they start stealing from the general public. Then they start committing crimes. This is why crime increases when you have more drug use, because people who are, are high or addicted make bad decisions. It's, it's not, you know, that's not crazy to, to think about. That's just kind of that's the way that it is. And so we're seeing that happen at scale now in, in cities like Portland and, and San Francisco, where, you know, we're sorry, but it's not a personal decision. Uh, when you get high, you're affecting the people around you. When you get addicted, your your life is starting to head downhill and, and then it starts to impact everyone else. And so uh, this libertarian pipe dream, unfortunately, you know, people don't make decisions in a vacuum. Um, it, it affects the community around us. That's why we have these laws. And so I, I think we're going to start to see the pendulum swing back on this. Um, you know, look, we don't need to go back to a full-fledged war on drugs and lock up people who are addicted. Uh, but I think what we're realizing is you can't just uh, legalize these substances, legalize their use. We need to have consequences for use. We need to stop uh, public use and, and all those issues because um, that's where we're getting homelessness. That's where we're getting crime. You know, and I don't want to get too philosophical here, but if it, there's a there's this big disconnect because a lot of people are like, well, you know, we tried banning alcohol with the 18th Amendment and we undid it, and and drugs are no different than alcohol; they all impair your senses, but they're a victimless crime. Is there a difference between the regulations on alcohol and the regulations on drugs? Yeah, there there definitely is a difference, and so yeah, we obviously hear that a lot. Um, here's basically the, what I would say in short is alcohol is a substance that has, you know, been around in Western civilization for thousands of years, uh, in accepted uses. And, you know, 60% of the country uses alcohol. And so you, there's just no, uh, eliminating that. Now, that being said, 100,000 Americans every year die from alcohol related deaths. Alcohol is the number one drug involved in arrest in this country by far, more than fentanyl, more than heroin, more than marijuana, more than anything else. Alcohol is a top drug involved. So it's not that it's this big success story uh, for regulation. It's just simply that it's used by so many people and it's, it's entrenched in our, our culture. And so that is very different from all of the other drugs that we're discussing today. Uh, marijuana used by less than 10% of Americans on a regular basis. Um, yes, half of America has tried marijuana in the past, but most people do not use it uh, more than two or three times in their life. Uh, then you talk about the other substances, you know, fentanyl, heroin, et cetera, um, op- other opioids. Very few Americans, uh, as a percentage of the population, use these substances regularly. So these, these are substances that we can control, that we can continue to uh, ban the use of. And, you know, I mean, good grief, if you think about uh, bringing the level of use of other drugs up to the, the levels of alcohol or tobacco, um, it's frightening uh, to think about the consequences of that. So I just don't think that's a world we can envision. Very good. Luke, uh, again, for people that want to follow along with the work that you're doing or be in touch and, and ask what they can do, how do they follow you on social media or get involved with the organizations that you're involved with? Yeah, check me out on Twitter, Luke Nifaratos. Uh, you don't even need to try to figure out how to spell my last name. I'm the only Luke NIF, Luke Nif on Twitter. So check me out. Um, check out our organization again, uh, Sam Smart Approaches to Marijuana, uh, Foundation for Drug Policy Solutions uh, at GoodDrugPolicy.org. Um, check out those organizations. Check out the work we're doing. Again, I mean, from our perspective, look, we can't have a uh, dystopian world where Portland and San Francisco are our model for drug policy uh, in this country. If that's the case, um, crime and, and lack of safety uh, for the public are going to be you know, huge issues uh, in our future. So we, we have to push back on this narrative of, 
you know, plant-based medicines and, and natural drugs and let's have, you know, have them out there and let people do whatever they want to do. That is not working. We're seeing that that's not working. So we have to push back on that narrative and, and not be ensnared by it. Luke, have you ever seen Requiem for a Dream? I have not seen Requiem oh, for a Dream. Oh, so 20 years ago, Jared Leto. It's, but if you ever want to watch a movie that going, we're, we're going full circle to a movie that impacts your life. Requiem for a Dream, fantastic movie, and it's about four people, very different walks of life. Each one of them, in some way, comes in contact with drug that starts to affect their life, and whether it's uh, cocaine or marijuana or even just like ephedrine and diet pills, each one of them sort of walks down this lane. And I don't want to give away anything, and I'm I'm not even sure I'd recommend it. It's one of those movies you watch one time in your life, you're like, I'm never watching that movie again, but you'll never, ever forget the movie. It, it, it's one of the two movies that I would say in my life affected how I thought about these issues. Wow. Okay, I'm going to put it on the list. I hadn't even heard of it. I'm going to check it out. Again, Luke Nifaratu's Smart Approaches to Marijuana. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Elijah. God bless. God bless. All right, that was Luke Nifaratu. We got lots more to go. Don't forget, coming up, 537 the best, most popular part of the show today, the snake draft, most inspirational pump-up music, the hype jams. You don't want to miss it. Yeah, there's a rhythm. Yeah, there's a feeling.